Hello, this is A.R. Bernard, and welcome to my podcast. My objective, it's simple, to create a platform where you can be educated, informed, and inspired as you navigate the intersection of faith and culture. If you have no faith, maybe you'll find it here. So, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> and those of you who are joining us online around the world, wherever you may be in the nation or on the planet, we welcome you. Thanks for being with us and enjoying the worship experience. And we got, a, you know, we got so much going on, so we got to spend a moment with you. What do you I just see? I so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Principal's <laughs> office moment. <laughs> what do you see happening in the realm of worship? We've come through the 70s, 80s, 90s and the first two decades of 2000. We've had, we've gone from Maranatha music, um, integrity. integrity music, Hillsong music. Brooklyn Tab. Uh, yeah, Brooklyn Tab along the way. Um, Bethel. And now Bethel and, and Jesus. Elevation, uh, Upper Room. Yeah. So, I, 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 and, and these are all expressions of worship. What do you see happening now, things are shifting, and, you know, careful, I, you know, in spite of the issues that Hillsong is having, their music still continues. Absolutely. Still, Absolutely. We sing their songs, we worship, and that's the beauty of God's gifts, that what they release, we still get blessed by. I, I'd love to speak to that. I, I'm a little bit radical. I think you know that about me, but I, I used to host this conference, and, and we were doing this song. If you remember, there was a famous Hillsong song called Healer. And I believe you're my healer. And everybody went crazy about the song. Everybody sang it. And then this scandal came out about the guy that was like sort of faking his illness. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you, it, you don't remember I, that? I, oh, I, I, I remember. But I remember like churches mm -hmm. like around the world were like, we're no longer going to sing that song. And I remember us singing it at our conference and everybody kind of standing there like arms folded like. I am in judging protest? this. Yeah. In protest? It was wow. wild. And I, I did something <laughs> crazy. I walked up with what looked like a Bible. It wasn't a Bible, so don't nobody send me any emails or anything. And I just, I stopped the song mid-song, and I said, let's turn to Psalms real quick. Like, it was jarring. Like, the band is like, what is happening? Yeah. And I said, I, so I, I read, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me, you know what? And I just ripped the page. Just Come on, get rid of it. I said, we can't, we, we can't quote that. Because David was like a mess. Mm -hmm. And I read something else and read that. And, and the point got across that if God has used a song, whether he used it with somebody who was not perfect, to minister to you every Monday morning for four years, yep. what, what gives us the right to go, I am now canceling that song. That song meant nothing to me anymore. <laughs> and, and, and yet we, 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 we have in past done that in church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What has shifted? I think everything has shifted. It is no longer a got to to come to church. I got to go to church. It's a get to. Mm. It's a privilege. Mm -hmm. mm. It's an honor. I never look at Sunday morning. If, if, if PJ calls and said, hey, you're on the schedule for this weekend. I don't look at that as, oh, <laughs> <sighs> I got to get up at, 4 a.m. Oh, wow. 4. 
I was up at four this morning. Well, God bless you. Got to get up at four <laughs> and get to get to church by by six. No, I look at it as a summons. Mm. I look at it as it's not PJ that called you to be on stage. Mm. Matter of fact, it's not a stage. Yeah, come on, yeah, come on. It's it's the King has requested you yeah. to come and entertain him, and that's how that I see preach. it. Yeah. And so, what would happen? I guess I'm, I want to say it this way. What would happen if all of us looked at this gathering, and it is a privilege and an honor to see everybody here today. Thank you. Let me just say that. That we looked at that as a summons. The king has requested my presence yes. in his house. Yes. The shift that I see is if you want to be here, it's a privilege. It's an honor to be here. It's not obligation anymore. It's not, well, this is my church, so I got to go, and then I'll make it right, to the football right, right. game or whatever. It's it's. I want to be around believers. I want to be around people who are saying and singing and declaring the same thing. And I think to, to the part two to that is I, I feel like this celebrity-driven worship thing is crashing to the ground yep. in the most beautiful, precious, awesome way. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's more about let's all get together and regardless of who has the mic, regardless of who is singing the solo, regardless of whose career is on the, on the up and up, none of that matters when I'm in God's presence. Yeah. And um, so I see that pretty significantly shifting right now. And I'm happy to be a part of it. You mentioned Brooklyn Tab. I love Brooklyn Tab. Anybody who's ever been in New York in your life loves Brooklyn Tab and the legacy. I believe with all of my heart, this is probably going to be a little bit aggrandizing, but I believe that what God has given CCC this year in particular, the songs that he's given us, the song we just sang just now, the songs that he's given us are going to touch the entire earth. Amen. And I'm excited about that. Amen. And I think the next great revival in America is starting here in New York City. I believe that. I believe. I'm with you on that. Okay, you can. I'm with you. Yes, you're not alone. I'm the senior person, so I've got to be balanced Fix it for wise. Me. Well, it's not, the revival's not just going to happen out of New York, but I believe that the launch pad is going to be New York. I think it's going to be a multiple city revival. Well. I just think the catalyst is yep, here. That's the, yep. I, well, well, it makes sense. Where sin abounds, grace is much more abounds. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense to me. I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. Well, you have brought, and those of you who are in the audience in the building, and those of you who are watching around the world, you know, you have brought our worship up to a whole new level. Mm -hmm. You've created excitement about it. The band, the singers, you stretch them, uh, you push them, you made them feel uncomfortable. And that's what growth and progress is all about, yeah, and moving you, you out of your comfort zone. Yeah, you and Darwin have really took this and made something better. Yes, Darwin Hobbs, yes. for real, yeah. amazing. So thank you for what you do, man. Thank you. We're pumped. Thank you for who you are. Thank you, sir. We love you. What's Amen? Promotion? Come on, that's social love. <laughs> Israel Houghton. <laughs> Excellent job. I don't even know if the mark is here. Well, we... What? Don't start. Don't start. I, I'll, I'll go hang out with Israel. Those look like $5,000 Nikes to me. What I'm pointing to He won't is... pay me that. 
<laughs> if he's wearing $5,000 sneakers, I got to check the payroll. <laughs> no, but it's, it's so well, why? You know why I say that? Why? People know that there are, there are individuals who are calling out preachers. Oh, yeah, there's an Instagram now. page. Um, yeah, there's a couple of Instagram pages. For their sneakers that they're, they're, they wear. And mm -hmm. I, I, think, I think that, you know, look, fashion is a shifting mood of society. It, it, it changes again and again. It even recycles, right? Um, but I think that what is going to change, and Israel referred to it when he said the celebrity uh, is going to shift out of church um, because celebrity worship is big in our, in our culture. Um, and the worship of novelty is big in our culture. I think that there needs to be a certain degree of modesty amongst those who are going to present themselves as leaders in, uh, in the church. Um, I don't think we should look poor, broke, and disgusted and talk about a blessing Jesus. <laughs> That's inconsistent, right? No, but I think that... Um, more of that is going to come back. And that's talking about informality and the changes that have taken place in, uh, in the culture. Um, so that's why I'm just messing with you, you know. Yeah, these are not, these are not those uh, beat up. Those uh, Gucci sneakers? No, Balenciaga has these new sneakers. Who? Balenciaga, I'm like, yeah, who's Who? paying that? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, housekeeping real quick. We, um, uh, we had a great time in uh, Orlando meeting with the team and, um, you know, just had a, a service down there. And it, it is it's funny, you know, you look at the ebbs and flows of uh, life, when you, especially when you're saying that you, you got to give your word, sent you out to do something, and you don't, you don't expect certain ebbs and flows. But the reality is there, is there are ebbs and flows, and sometimes some of the ebbs is like you're, you're starting from scratch. And you got to find uh, the, 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 the strength in that word. Right and uh, push through. So we had a great time, great ministry, great message, and um, one of the one of the statements that Dr. Nario, because he ministered, mm -hmm. and uh, he said that in, uh, there's no glory without growth. Amen. Yes. Say it again. There's Say no again. glory without growth. Time to take notes. Yes. There's no glory without growth, and and, and, we, we, and we're talking about in the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not just you know because. You know, the secular world, you know, they do what they do. But in the kingdom of God, there's no glory without growth because he wants to make sure that your character can handle so, what you're receiving. No cross, no crown. Yep, no cross, no crown. Amen. I got it. Yep. And so we had a great time uh, down there, and it was, it was very, very refreshing. We are, and can, please continue to pray for us because we went through a process of establishing regular services yep, and, and, and all of that. And then COVID came and just mm -hmm. disrupted everything. Yes. So now it's like starting all over. Oh, no, it again. is starting all over. It's not like it. It, it is. All over. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and please keep PJ and, and, and the team in your prayers. He's been flying back and forth uh, to Orlando. It's tough when the mission takes you to sunny Florida. <laughs> really hard to do that, you know. <laughs> while I'm up here in snowy New York City. Um, but yeah, we're praying for the right location. We saw different locations, but it has to be the right location. And when you're moving in the will of God and trying to follow the will of God, you better learn patience. Yes. Oh, yes. You better learn patience yes. because it doesn't happen overnight. This is bothering me. 
do what he does. Thank you. It was bothering me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. I fixed it. No, you're flowing in the will of God, you need patience. Yeah, you do, because things are not going to happen right away. And that a nice segue into some things that we need to share with you, and I hope we get it up. Um, back in 2003, which is almost 20 years ago, we had Sunday service at Nassau Coliseum. And how many remember? How many of you were there remember that? And we showed the image of the tower and the future of the ministry here. At that time, we were thinking typical megachurch mindset, and that is expanding the campus for the work of the ministry. And we showed you a tower that, you know, was what we we're working towards in terms of vision. And fast forward 10 years from there, that it didn't happen and things started changing, the Lord made it clear that I was thinking too small. That's a slap in the face, because I think I have a big vision, <laughs> big mind of imagination from God. The Lord made it clear that I was thinking too small. Of course, God knows what's going to happen out into the future. He knows the changes in the culture, within society, the needs, and all of that. And as long as we're surrendered to His will, and we've surrendered our gifts, our time, talents, treasury to Him, He's going to lead us and guide us along the way, and we trust that. So fast forward, here it is, 2022, and we're about to break ground next year, in the second quarter of next year, on a major development of our entire 10 and a half acres of property. Uh, I, you know, I was thinking too small. Ephesians 3 says that um, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask think or imagine. So if you can think it, God can do greater. Amen? And God will allow you to take those steps along the way, affirm you in the midst of those steps that you're taking when he knows that he has something much greater uh, ahead of you. So it, it really shifted our thinking in terms of the use of our property here, and it expanded our understanding of our role and purpose in this community. So in 2014, we began to rethink development of the entire 10 and a half acres that we owned here and what that would look like by doing something significant in the community. We had to find an architect who could capture the vision and the philosophy of our vision we had to find the right development company that's established in the city that has the capacity to do this vision. And we spent from 2014 to 2016 looking for that, interviewing and having conversations. And finally in 2016, we landed with an organization called Gotham Developers who have been doing development in New York for the last 100 years. Um, and uh, we found that they got it. They understood where we were coming from, what we were trying to accomplish. So we began the journey uh, in 2016 that we are now coming to the close of the first phase of that journey uh, six years later. And we had to go through developing uh, drawings, um, what it's going to look like, capacity, we had to meet with city agencies. 
We had to uh, begin the process of rezoning in order to do what we want to do. We had to meet with uh, community stakeholders, elected officials, make adjustments based upon their recommendations, and then go back to the drawing board. And we've continued that process, and we're so excited to know that here we are. Uh, a year out, we're going to actually start shovels in the ground, building the first uh, four buildings of 2,050 affordable residences right here in East New York, Brooklyn. And we're talking about affordable uh, from $30,000 a year uh, household income to $100,000 a year household income. And why? We want to change the narrative that has been typical in communities like Brownsville, like East New York. And that narrative has been the way up is out. We want to say no, the way up is to stay here because we're going to create an environment that allows for upward mobility. Keep your gifts, your talents, your innovation, your creativity, and invest it into the community that you were born in and that you grew up in. So there's going to be home ownership uh, for some of the apartments. There's going to be what we call French maisonettes, which are duplex uh, buildings that will be on the ground for home ownership as well. And uh, we're working with government for subsidies. So if you have Section 8, uh, vouchers and all of that, uh, it's all going to be part of our development complex. So 2,050 units of housing, and including retail and commercial. And the retail spaces, we are, are, we are encouraging entrepreneurial ventures for people who have a great business plan and an idea to come and maybe you want to run the cleaners, maybe you want to do the bakery, maybe you want to do the pizza shop, whatever it may be, all right, uh, you come with that idea. The commercial space will include medical facilities that are local and understand community, according to the best minds, is when you have a thousand foot walking distance to those amenities that you need. If you've got to drive to the store or take a bus, especially seniors, right, that is not urban community. You're now in the suburbs. We want an urban community that elevates the quality of life for our people and makes those amenities available to them. So retail, commercial, and as you saw the mental health piece, Sasha did a great job, her and the team, on that mental health piece. Not only are we talking about medical, but also mental health facilities available. And kudos to you millennials, because you have removed the stigma associated with mental health for so long that people were afraid to talk about it and get help. And that is changing. We also have a vocational training center, which is a trade school that will be training electricians, plumbers, carpenters, and HVAC technicians, and connecting them to the unions because the unions cover a lot of the job sites uh, in our city. That's another uh, conversation. So we want to work to, together. And a performing arts center as well for cultivation of the arts, making this a destination. 
and bringing in arts program. I can go on and on, uh, but we're very excited about this. Now, I need your participation, whether you're in this building or you're watching us through, through whatever device you're using, wherever you are. Um, our website, if we can go to the website, innovativeurbanvillage.com, and we need you to go to that website and follow the process that will take you to registering and then signing off on a letter of support for the project. Well, I have questions, Pastor. I'm glad you have questions. They're going to be answered on that website. It talks about, it, it shows artist rendering, how many units, affordability, all of that is built into it. It is a $1.2 billion project, the largest in the city right now, and we're excited. And, and here's the thing, it will be the first time in the history of New York, uh, East New York, that the developer is from the community. It will be the first time that we're seeing that, because developers have come from outside into the community to develop our communities, right? But the fact that we are here bringing something special and a model that can be replicated anywhere in the country, scaled up or scaled down. So we're already having conversations about some work in, in Central Florida yep. and in the Atlanta suburb area. So we are working on this. We're excited. Thank you for your patience. Because, you know, sometimes you tell church folks, you know, we're going to do this, and they expect it to be done next week. <laughs> Not realizing there's a process. And that process has ups and downs, successes, failures, disappointments and discouragements at the same time, you know, accomplishments. But it's all part of the process. Did I miss anything? Nope. Nope. Well, just go to... Yeah, so please, go to the website. We need you to go to the website. We want to show congregational support. So wherever you are, go fill out your name and whatever other information they ask you for, and then it'll take you to a letter. Read the letter, all right? If you're not comfortable with it, okay. But read the letter, sign off on it, and get it in, because we want to show that kind of support and build momentum. And we're looking at four buildings in the first phase. That's huge, to get that kind of momentum going. And we're building the low-income affordability into the first phase, so that there is immediate satisfying of the need. And what's beautiful, this is our land. We didn't sell it. We own the land, we own the air rights. It's a joint venture partnership agreement. And uh, that's important. That's very, very important because too often churches don't realize the value of what they have. And a developer will come in, say, I'll give you a new church, just give me your air rights. You know, and this ain't Texas, this is New York. We build up, <laughs> right? So what we can build up is worth the money. Um, so please keep it in prayer as we move forward. We, we, we're still not there. We have to meet with boards to get board approval for land use and all that. So we're still in the process. But to get this close is beautiful, and it has been God all the way. Amen? Amen. So, thank you. Praise the Lord. Any other housekeeping? Uh, we just Please keep the families up in Buffalo in your prayers. Um, it, it was a sad situation. Uh, the individual um, went and shot up, uh, I think right now it's 10 individuals that were killed. Mm -hmm. uh, we have family members with their, their kids up, you know, going to college up there. So, 
you know, they were nervous, and you know, so just please pray for the families, pray for the community, pray for, uh, and uh, because people use this to say, you know, why, why does God allow good things to happen to, you know, I mean, bad things and happen to good, good people, people yeah. and um, you know, that's that's a conversation its own. But the reality is that uh, evil does not disqualify God; it just shows a need for a savior. Ooh. Yeah. Say that again. You heard what he said? <laughs> I said, even though it disqualified guy, it just shows the need for a savior. So please pray. Uh, pray for the, the, the system because the way they arrested this individual uh, compared to other individuals. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. They, they took him to Burger King? I, somewhere. They took him. I, I know that certain individuals wouldn't have gotten treated like that. Uh, they would have used. Okay. He told me to behave. Are we so. live? Yes, we are live. <laughs> hey, look, it's a reality, historically in this country, how perpetrators are treated based upon economics, mm -hmm. based upon color, based upon ethnicity. That's real. Because certain individuals don't have to be armed, they still get. All right, easy. We'll have that separately another conversation. Amen? Amen. Uh, but I, we are called Christian Cultural Center for a reason because we believe that when the Word is made flesh and dwelling among us, mm -hmm. that's when we can truly behold the glory of the Word. The glory of something is its intrinsic value, its worth, its honor, its praise, its significance within society. And we can't experience that until the Word becomes incarnate and dwells among us. And that's why Jesus left us here. We could get saved and then be transported to heaven. He prayed, Father, I pray not that you take them out of the world, but in the world, keep them from the evil one. So he expects us to play a role in this world of ours, in this society. That's why we are here. And the chief responsibility of the church of Jesus Christ is to make disciples. He said, go into all nations and make disciples. In other words, make followers of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the church has been so influenced by the culture that we started making followers of, the of something else, of personalities, <laughs> of, 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 of worship lifestyles, of, of, of worship styles, of, of political parties. We've got Christians becoming followers of all this other stuff and not Jesus. Mm -hmm. So the institution is elevated above the Savior. And we need, to re we need to change that, realign that, and make Jesus the focal point that we're all trying to get to and conform to and make all of this other stuff secondary. Amen? Amen. So that's important. It's not the institution of Christianity that saved me. It was the person of Jesus Christ that I continue to appreciate him and I can continue to be intrigued by and learn from. And that's who we want to connect you with. All the other stuff is secondary and tertiary. It's about Jesus. Amen. That's good preaching. Amen. Amen. So it's to make disciples secondarily, or I, I won't say secondarily because I won't put it on a lesser plane. On the same plane of making disciples, we're also called to influence the culture with the Spirit of Christ. The Holy Spirit was, on the day of Pentecost was poured out upon all flesh. What does that mean? I'm glad you asked. It means 
on the flesh that has opened their heart to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is working from the inside, using them as influencers. The flesh the, that, that is not in relationship with Jesus is the Holy Spirit preparing their hearts to be open to the Word of God and the move of God, and also holding them accountable for the fact that Christ came, that God intervened in history, and now they have a responsibility to respond to God's intervention. Ooh, that was there. So we're called Christian Cultural Center because of culture. We believe that Christianity is a culture, and we've been called to influence the culture, to hold culture, especially those in power, accountable, to measure their judgments and their decisions according to God's perspective on the nature and ordering of society. And the church got a lot of work because the church's decisions aren't being held according to that same standard. It's true. Yep. It's true. I, I, you know, and we, we, it's easy to, to, to miss that. Look, the Church of Jesus Christ has been around for 2,000 years, mm -hmm. and it's gone through so many cultures and nations and, 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 and you name it. You know, we've been through it. But here we are today, just like Israel was talking about, you know, that, 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 that there is this stirring for something new and a restoration of, of reverence and respect and not the church as I got to go there, but I want to go there. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for community. I'm looking for camaraderie. I'm looking for fellowship. And, and that's why I said the church has a lot of work because what do I get when I get there? Yeah, what's like, the experience? What's the experience? What's the, what's the because you, like, like, you, like we said last service, you know, there's a big move on this whole deconstruction of Christianity. And, you know, when, as people are deconstructing Christianity and because they don't have the proper foundation. What does that, what does that mean? So deconstruction of Christianity. There's a deconstruction. They, they, they deconstruct everything. I'm just talking about in the church uh, arena is everybody has a belief system. And if you look at it as a building, an edifice, uh, it, it, you have... Uh, you lay the foundation, and then with the foundation, you lay brick by brick by brick, right? And what we have found is that everybody, every individual, even in this uh, room, has uh, uh, both built their belief system, they, 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 their faith, right? No matter however you want to call it, it's a, it's a belief system, it's a faith, with uh, theological uh, truth, truths that have landed in the Bible to find as consistent as we have seen since Jesus has been on this earth. And that has been a part of the building process. So that's brick, you know, uh, you know uh, all the different bricks. And then you the have... Foundational truths. Yeah, you got foundational truths. That truth. we all agree on. Yes, that we all agree on. And then you have these things called convictional truths that come out of these denominations and other organizations that have uh, risen up as being a, 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 a part of our belief system. But now we're asking, okay, is this really a sin? Right, because back in your days, that um, everything was a sin. How far back is that? Look, like I said before, he wouldn't let us play cards because the Joker was the devil. <laughs> everything was a devil. It was everything was a sin. So as we started, as you started going through your deconstruction process. <laughs> You always talk about the albums you threw out because uh, of, of it was a sin. 
I didn't know no better. See, so that, and that's, but that's what we're going through. So once you, like Liz was said, we, we got to go back. But what, what are they going back to? When they enter into the church, not CCC, but the church, what am I going back to? Right. What are the foundational truths that I can really build this life that where this God speaks best to my reality? So, so it's not just renewal back to the old. It's a re-examining. Yes of what brought us here, how we got here, mm-hmm. where we need to go, the changes that we need to make. Um, my generation, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, but those weren't my days, so this is your day. Claim it, brother, claim it. <laughs> so back in the day, my generation challenged the establishment, mm-hmm. challenged the church, just like this generation is challenging the establishment, challenging the church, and asking why. Why do we do that? Why is it this way? Why? And, you know, when I got, look, I was in the nation of Islam, so that was very disciplined, order, you did as you were told, and, 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 and so when I got saved, you know, I needed, God, God knew I needed, I didn't know I needed, God know, knew I needed something the, as extreme as what I was in. So he put me in a Pentecostal church. <laughs> And everything was sin. And Jesus was coming in two weeks. Even you saying that was sin. (laughs) So he sent the needle all the way to the other side to bring me back to center. Because balance is the key to life. And over the last four decades, four, four and a half decades that I've been walking with the Lord, I've watched the church go through different phases. And I watched it go from formality, which was filled with reverence, awe, and respect for God and the things of God, to informality, where there was a loss of honor and respect for God. And that began, began to creep into the church itself. So I, let me, let me Wait, pivot. Go ahead. If I may real quick. So what happens is with deconstruction, they take a brick out and say, they look at the brick and say, well, this doesn't line up with the biblical text, right? But so they throw it out. And next you know, you got his open wall, right? But if it's not closed with proper information, proper doctrine, proper truths, right? Not your truth, my truth, but proper truths that, that transcends my human experience, then I will not, I will leave a void. And what happens is either that, that leads me to a place where I can become a, uh, open to disaster, mm-hmm. my whole wall, my whole uh, belief system uh, falls, and I go leave the church, or I uh, end up filling it with other. Um, Other stuff, yeah. Yeah, convictions yeah. that not necessarily live in the biblical truth. And that's what we have to do. So once again, when we come back, what are we coming back to? And that's the dangerous spot because instead of the church informing the culture, yep. the culture is informing the church. And if we allow the culture to inform the church, the culture will shape the church after its own image. Yep and its own likeness. And that is the problem that we're facing. And the, the, the worst thing about that is the culture shifts so quickly that if that is allowed, then the church will shift just as fast. And that's called chaos. Yes. Order must be sustainable over time. Yep. Chaos is constantly mm-hmm. fluid. Yes. 
Looking for the voids. Fluid. And our identification becomes fluid. Yep. Yeah, I'm, even, I'm with you. I'll go there with you. You know me. I'm a troublemaker. Even gender so. identity becomes fluid. Yes, yes. Right, so, so things become, there's a fluidity that comes yep. into play. All right. So when, when you think of culture, church, just think of what the Bible calls the world. It's the word cosmos. That Jesus said, go into all the cosmos. Cosmos means social order. All of its institutions. It means these things. It's traditions, attitudes, customs, institutions, and language. This is what culture is comprised of. It's the sum total of a society's character and personality as manifested in its traditions, its attitudes, its customs, its institutions, and its language. Traditions are those things that the society believes and passes on from one generation to another. It, like PJ said, uh, becomes foundational, right? And what people believe will influence how they act and what they create, right? What they innovate. So that's, that's critical. So a, a culture believes certain things, then it's going to show up in their attitudes, in their customs, which are simply their practices, in their institutions, whether that's government, education, finance, entertainment, sports, doesn't matter. It's, <laughs> excuse me, it's going to show up uh, in its institution and express in its language. And I'm not just talking about language like English, Spanish, or whatever. The language of the culture is what you hear expressed in media, in literature, in the textbooks, in the classrooms. We have, a, there, within the greater culture, a subculture. CCC is a culture. Amen? We fall under all of these categories, but inspired and informed by the Bible. Right? Not the work of men's minds and hands, but the work of God's minds and hands. So, and think about it, and language comes into play because there's certain words now, we talked about this about a month ago in service, that this uh, generation rejects. They don't want to talk about prayer they rather talk about meditation. <laughs> they don't want to relate to church. They want a gathering. Mm -hmm. We're not religious. We're spiritual. Yeah, but when you what ask, does that mean? Say, when you ask them what to does define that mean? those words, it doesn't fit. I think that this renewal that we're in, that the Holy Spirit is stirring and God is bringing uh, to the church especially, uh, is one that's going to bring clarity and simplicity. Yes. Mm -hmm. Clarity and simplicity. Our ability to articulate our faith in a very clear way and in a very simple way. It's important. So traditions, again, are those beliefs. Attitudes are the... the intellectual and emotional dispositions of the society. Where is the society at in terms of how it thinks? Where is the society emotionally? All right, and, and that's important because you know what? We are in a world, in a culture right now, that's all about feeling. Mm -hmm. How does it make you feel? Yeah. And if it makes you feel good, then just do it. How many understand what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Without any thought to moral boundaries, boundaries of logic and reason, mm -hmm. something called common sense that's not so common. 
Those things go out the window and feelings come into play. So when you, when you make a distinction between religion and spirituality, religion simply takes, look, we are religious because we're spiritual. I'm gonna say that again. We are religious because we are spiritual. What does spiritual mean? Spirituality is simply our consciousness, our awareness of something greater than ourselves. We believe that there is something greater than us. We cannot say, settle that this is it, especially the vastness of this universe, right? So spirituality is our, our makeup, that we're in tune. There's certain things, there's certain um, faculties that we possess that are not tangible, they can't be measured. How do you measure, how do you scientifically measure love? Mm -hmm. And yet love has a very powerful influence on who we are as individuals, true? How about hate? Mm -hmm. that's, that's invisible, you, 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 you can't measure hate, you, you can't touch it. You can measure its influence on someone, that they'll engage in a hate crime, or crime of hate, or crime of passion. So there are aspects about us as human beings, right, that are not physical, visible, and yet they have a very powerful influence. So to say there's no God, influencing and shaping society is problematic. And that's why so they, they try to make it easier and more um, acceptable. They, they sort of use energy or, or, or yes, yes. The, the force is with, yes. be with you. Yes, yes. But and, it, and in Christianity, it's a personal God. Yeah, because, right, because, because you, when you talk about inanimate objects, uh, energy or, or the universe, the whole idea of the universe, uh, you, 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 you pose certain statements that it has a, its ability to make a decision, right? right? It has an ability to, to interact uh, on a conscious level. It has, it has ability to understand logic and reasoning in order to send energy my way, right? So, so when you start doing that, you add attributes to this, this, this concept, which throws you out even further away from this idea that God in reality is the best answer. That's my son. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to, and our theme this year is presence. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about presence in several ways. Uh, probably by September we'll be ready because we want to have slides and information that you could take notes on. We're going to talk about presence in the gifts of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's important for you to understand it, not just in its biblical context, but in its parallel secular context. Yep. All right? Because God gave gifts to humanity before Adam and Eve sinned. Mm -hmm. It's intrinsic in God's design for humanity so that we all bring our gifts and talents and abilities to the table to make humanity successful and grow, right? But in the church, he did the same thing because Jesus created a new humanity. If any man be in Christ, he's a new what? A new creation or part of the new creation that Jesus came to bring. So we should have a different attitude about life. Yes. We have a set of different beliefs. Our attitude, intellectual and emotional disposition, should be governed by the Word of God and the influence and promptings of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So what, we're, what we've seen here, if we talk about where we are today in our conversation with Israel and conversations we've been having, the informality, right, 
that we are in as a nation has led to mediocrity and laziness. Say it again. Please, please Because say that again. as we become informal, <laughs> mm -hmm. we downgrade our values mm -hmm. and lower our standards. Yep. Are you hearing me? Mm -hmm. We downgrade our values and we lower our standards and things that we would allow, we would never allow rather at one time, mm -hmm. now we're just saying it's okay. Yeah. That's a problem, especially for the church. Yep. Because the church is a pillar and ground for the truth. And yes, we have to balance that because this generation is talking about no judgment zone, mm -hmm. right? So they want the church to be a safe zone. But when you come to God in the context of the church, there has got to be compassion, yes, grace, but there also has to be truth. Mm -hmm. Grace and truth is what Jesus brought, and those two things have to be in balance. If we have too much grace, it creates sloppy agape, right? <laughs> and truth falls by the wayside, and anything goes. Mm -hmm. If we have too much truth, it becomes so legalistic that there's no, we, we end up with a deficiency of empathy, and we cannot appreciate the conditions that brought a person to a certain decision or a status in life. Grace and truth have to work together. And I think we're on that, 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 the swinging of that pendulum. The pendulum. Right, because yeah. at, you know, the older generation, you know, older generation was so, you know, uh, truth and, and, and very um, judgmental, you know, with, it lacked grace. And now you got this other pendulum swinging, you know, with the younger generation where it's, it's, it's I want, you know, grace, 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 and not too much truth. Anything know? goes. And now we're swinging, I think we're gonna find ourselves at a middle point and the church has to be ready. The Holy Spirit is the agent of change. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit is the agent of change, and he is called the spirit of truth. Yes. Why? Because you will not change until you are confronted with the truth yep. about how you're thinking, how you're living, mm -hmm. the choices that you're making. So all truth is confrontational. Yep. But truth is what causes change. Mm -hmm. So it has to be the balance of compassion, which is grace, and the balance of truth. So I'm gonna tell you you're wrong. Yep. But I'm not gonna leave you there and talk about you. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm going to equip you mm -hmm. to rise above that wrong, that level, and become a better person. And that's what the church has to be engaged in and doing. So when we think about this, one of the things that you know, we started talking about in the first service is something, let's go to Daniel, because if I don't give you a scripture, they're gonna think I didn't, we didn't preach today. <laughs> Daniel 5.12, King James. Daniel 5.12, King James. And of course, you know the prophet Daniel and the role that he played in the king's court. And I love verse 12. It reads as follows, and I'm reading from the King James Version. For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences, and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel whom the king named Belshazzar or Belshazzar. Notice the description of Daniel, what's in Daniel? An excellent spirit or the spirit of excellence or moral excellence. Excellence or moral excellence are virtues. These are qualities that you need to have in your life to be successful based upon the way God arranged things, based upon how God established
the order of the universe. We've gotten away from the spirit of excellence. Mm -hmm. Because we've downgraded our values and lowered our standards, we're allowing anything to go. Mm -hmm. So even in the church, we are creating functional, illiterate Christians <laughs> and sending them out in the world to do what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. To add to the chaos. Yep. We've got to change that narrative. The spirit of excellence says, I'm going to go the extra mile. I'm going to perform above and beyond what's required of me because that's what I do. Whether it's serving in the church, whether it's on my job, whether it's in my craft, it doesn't matter. The spirit of excellence says, I'm going to put in the time, the hard work to do what needs to be done so that I can shine in my craft, so that I can bring light to the darkness that I may be in. That is the spirit of excellence, and we're getting away from that. And why? Because pe people have gotten lazy. Because they don't want to do the extra work. So just tell me what I need to do. You don't want to think. You don't want to research. And of course, I'm not talking to anybody in here today. <laughs> this is for those other people outside. <laughs> but how many? So I believe in this time of renewal and revival, God is restoring the spirit of excellence. He's restoring us to be the best that we can be, no matter where we're called to be that. Yes. No matter what industry we may be in, no matter what institution we may be serving in, but especially in the church. We shouldn't get a pass just because we're the church. There should be a level of expectation that speaks to the excellence of our God yes. reflected in us. Come on, that's a good place to say amen. Amen. And say hallelujah. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where we're going. You've heard we live life on levels. We arrive in stages. And each stage takes us to a new level of knowledge, understanding, wisdom, insight, relationships, and authority and requires a deepening of our character because only character can sustain the heights that your gift, talents, and abilities can take you. We've seen again and again in the news where someone soars and they didn't build the character. Their soul did not develop in order to sustain. It happened out in the world's institutions and it happens in the church. Yep. Amen? Amen? So part of this is moving us away from mediocrity to the spirit of excellence. Because even what's excellent on one level becomes mediocrity at the next level. You've got to build all over again. Don't think you could just take that with you. Uh-uh. You've got to start from scratch. You can take the experiences, what you've learned, all of that, but you've got to start from scratch. <laughs> That's good preaching. Come on. Yeah. Demanding more of yourself in everything that you do and how you represent the Lord. The scripture says, do all things as unto the Lord. No matter who or what context you find yourself in or doing it in, you should bring forth excellence and the spirit of excellence, which is virtue. Whew, man. Wait a minute. I'm trying to remember what you said at the close of the last service. That was good stuff.
<laughs> well, you, you, you led up to it by saying another statement about the exception in the rule. Right, because we've gotten to the place where we want the exception to be the rule, mm -hmm. which manages our expectations erroneously. Yep. Um, and, and we're going to talk about when God speaks to you, hearing from God. What, how does God speak to us? And we've gotten so caught up in the supernatural that we have, we, we have failed in our ability to observe God's hand in the reality in which we live. Mm -hmm. we, fa we fail, we fail. We don't, we don't see it. Mm -hmm. Because why? We're waiting for a prophet or prophetess to come or we're waiting for God to speak into my ear. Yep. And usually we want God to tell us what to do because we're too lazy mm -hmm. to observe, learn, and grow and apply what we are observing, the wisdom and knowledge and understanding that comes from those observations. That's how he designed us. So there is what is the rule, and we're going to talk about the rules, and we're also going to give, deal with the exceptions. And as much as we go into spiritual gifts, you know, we have to be careful that we don't make the supernatural the rule when it is the exception. Amen? Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. Did you get anything out of this today? Come on, give God a good praise offering. <laughs> so, the, so the statement we'll leave you with is, whenever the exception becomes a rule, it leaves us at a possibility of chaos. I'll say it again. Whenever the exception becomes a rule, it leaves a possibility of chaos. And we're talking about exceptions that were never meant to be the rule. Yes. Because there are times when an exception has to set the new standard. There are times when that is real. But we're talking about exceptions that should never take the place so for, so of for, the rules. For example, a single mother can definitely do an excellent job raising a son. A single mother can do that. But that's the exception. That's not the rule. That's not the God-designed rule for the household. <laughs> so we're, we're going to close here. Have close here. Have a minister pray. Um, and before we go, I want to make sure that we honor Israel's success. Yes. His wife. <laughs> Adrian, please stand. <laughs> The reason for his success, besides God and his talent, is that woman behind him who is successful in her own right. Adrian, good to have you with us today. Bless you, dear. Amen. Praise the Lord. I just helped the brother out. Time to pray now. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together for the excellence in this house. Come on, put those hands together for the very word that is rich in this house. I'm going to ask you to change your position for just a moment. Come on, stand to your feet as we reverence the king and what he has done on this day. Thank you, oh God, for that word. Oh, that word. It's pierced our hearts, transformed our lives, elevated our thinking. Thank you, O oh God, for your word that comes to heal our disease.
And we believe by faith, oh God, that healing has come in this place. We've been celebrating since the start of this service, freedom, freedom. And your word comes, oh God, to set the captive free. And we thank you for it right now. We thank you. If you're in this place and what you've just experienced seems foreign, you feel disconnected, but something was tugging at your heart. It might have been during the praise and worship. It might have been during a, a video, maybe the announcements, maybe the rich word that we've just received from our pastors. I believe that it was love calling out to you. It was the Holy Spirit deconstructing you and, and pointing to the bricks that need to be replaced so that there won't be a void as you go forth. And what better time than now, right here and right now, to be launched on a journey of faithfulness, a journey of discipleship, a, a journey of grace and truth. What better time than now to be equipped by the Holy Spirit for the work of the ministry. Great work to move in excellence because we're tired of mediocrity. Listen, if you're in this place and you have just been getting by, God has so much more for you. He has so much more for your life. He wants so much more for you. And he's already done it by sending his son, Jesus Christ. And all we have to do is align our lives with the life of Christ. Romans 10, 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be transformed. You will be lifted and edified above even what your physical eyes can see. Don't you want it? Don't you want it? Listen, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you can hear God calling you, the voice of the Holy Spirit beckoning you to come on home, don't wait another minute. Don't wait another second. Just lift your hands and we, the believers in this house, we want to pray for you. We want to pray you from whatever place of darkness you may have been occupying into the marvelous light of our King. I'm going to ask those within the sound of my voice, just repeat after me. Say, Father, I denounce my old lifestyle father I formally renounce myself as Lord and King and I declare you Jesus are my Lord and my Savior you are my King you are my deliverer you are my help and I receive you right now I receive your love, I receive your mercy, I receive your grace into my heart and into my life. And I commit to praising you with my life 
for the rest of my life. I thank you for salvation. I'm free. Come on, say it again. That sounds so good. I'm free. I'm free. If you're, if you're, if you're in the chat, you can put I'm free. Just type it in the chat. I'm free today and forevermore. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. Now come on and give God the free praise that he deserves. Hallelujah. And welcome, welcome, welcome to the family of God. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, we're going to ask that you follow the prompts and text SAVE to 631-250-2688 or you can call 718-306-1061. And once again, welcome to the family of God. Come on, give God praise. Take us out. Let's pray out. <laughs> I believe there was a challenge that was uh, presented today. A challenge for us all in this building watching to take our Christianity to another level. And like Dr. Brown said, you know, we might have felt we were good at this level, but God's saying, okay, now to step up, step up your game. There's a challenge. I, 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 I'm accepting the challenge. I want to know if you're going to accept the challenge. Your prayer should be, okay, Lord, what does excellence look like in this context? Because I prayed, I said, Lord, what does excellence look like in the context of Jamar Bernard being a Christian? What does it look like in your context? Because one of the biggest mistakes we do is we see somebody else moving and, wow, I got to look like that. And God might not call you to look like that. He has a different look of excellence. Come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. So take that challenge. I, I, I believe you, you need to accept that challenge because, you know, sometimes I ask God, you know, I, you know, I was watching uh, Avengers Endgame. I said, Lord, is this the end game? That's sin. Right? <laughs> See? <laughs> I'm going to take that break. <laughs> but let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this challenge, and we accept this challenge. But we, Lord, we know that this challenge can only be accepted if you're a part of it. So we're not going to step out and accept this challenge without you being there, Lord. So we ask that you will help us, energize us, like that fire in our soul. Lord, like that fire in our hearts, our desire to, to achieve and not be lazy, our desire to be disciplined and not be lazy, our desire to move forward and represent Christ and culture at another level, to be unapologetic Christians at another level, Lord. Give us the discipline, the energy, mm. the discernment as we move and walk this walk. Yes, sir. We are able to walk with our head held high. Because we serve a God, not a God, but the God Almighty. So, Lord, we pray for today's service and say thank you for it, a word in season. We ask that you just anoint us to do what you have called us to do. Lord, I pray for every individual as they travel from here, that you will bless them with traveling mercies, guide God and govern their paths. In Jesus' precious 
precious name. Amen and amen. Well, come on, let's say something good as we leave this place, but never God's presence. Jesus is Lord, period. We believe it, we proclaim it, and we are seeing it come to pass. God bless you. Have a wonderful week in the Lord. Thanks for tuning in to the A.R. Bernard Podcast. I hope you were enriched by the information and or the conversation. Make sure to subscribe by clicking the link in the bio to gain more information about me and the work that I'm doing. Again, thank you and God bless.